Thank you for being here tonight. What a blessing it is to be able to open God's Word and study a portion from it. Amen? What a great book that we have. What a uh, great way to know what we can do to be successful in our lives and to find that peace that passes understanding. And we get that from God's Word and His understanding that He loves us and He cares for us, doesn't He? He does so much. And, you know, we've looked uh, over the weeks, we've studied the, the life of David and, and we're about to come to an end uh, studying uh, David. We've missed a lot of some of the details that come from David's life, but I do want to kind of close out uh, this evening, and the title of the lesson is Leaving a Legacy. And we're going to look at First Chronicles chapter 28. We're not going to look at the whole chapter, and we're going to look at some in First Chronicles chapter 29. And I hope that by the time we get done with this, you'll be blessed to uh, have studied this and, and gain another very exciting and sad and, and turning point in the life of David because he's about to die pretty soon. And he's passing this baton. You all know the understanding of running the relay race and passing the baton. The baton is about to go to his son Solomon. But Paul says in Acts 13, 36 that David served his own generation by the will of God. David was a man after God's own heart. And even in the bad times, Paul says through the inspiration that he served by the will of God. In the verse we, verses we'll look at tonight, we'll see the passing, uh, like I said, of this baton. And David uh, is going to not be able to build the temple. You remember last week we looked at the Ark of the Covenant, the one that he was so proud to bring in, and, and at first he didn't do it the right way, but then he did the second time. Well, now that the Ark is close and is in the tabernacle, he, for, for all his uh, thinking, is going to be able to build this temple, and God tells him no. Let's go ahead and look at 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. A little bit of reading, and then we'll uh, make some applications for it. Now David assembled at Jerusalem all the leaders of Israel, the officers of the tribes, and the captains of the divisions who served the king, the captains over thousands and captains over hundreds, and the stewards over all the substance and possessions of the king, and of his sons with the officials, and the valiant men, and all the mighty men of valor. Then King David rose to his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren, and hear my, and my people. I had it in my heart to build a house for the rest of the, for the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and for the footstool of our God, and had made preparations to build it. But God said to me, you shall not build a house for my name because you have been a man of war and have shed blood. However, the Lord God of Israel chose me above all the house of my father to be king over Israel forever. For he has chosen Judah to be the ruler. And of the house of Judah, the house of my father, 
And among the sons of my father, he was pleased with me to make me king over all Israel. And of all my sons, for the Lord has given me many sons, he has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne of the king of David, of the king of the Lord over Israel. Now he said to me, It is your son Solomon who has, shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. Moreover, I will establish his kingdom forever if he is steadfast to observe my commandments and my judgments as it is this day. Now therefore, in the sight of all Israel, the assembly of the Lord, and in the hearing of our God, be careful to seek out all the commandments of the Lord your God that you may possess this good land and leave it as an inheritance for your children after you forever. As for you, my son... Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Do it, right? Be strong and do it. This is getting close to one of his last addresses. And David is, has a legacy to be remembered. If you think about all the things that David went through. Look at verse 7. He says, Moreover, I will establish his kingdom forever." if he is steadfast to observe my commandments and my judgments as it is this day. David understood God's commandments. David understood what he needed to do and we see that play out in so many different situations as we've looked at. David, even though he would mess up, even though he would sin, what would he do? He would understand the problem. Take, for instance, Bathsheba. Not only does he commit adultery, not only does he have this child that's about to come in, but he ends up killing the husband too, right? But when he realizes that Nathan the prophet comes to him and he tells him that you're the man that has sinned, he admits it. He understands it. There isn't no throwing it off on somebody else like Saul did. You remember Saul killed all, uh, didn't didn't completely destroy the Amalekites. And because of that, Samuel hears uh, sounds of the animals in the background and he says, I've got the king over here too. And Samuel says, what have you done? God specifically said to kill everything. And you didn't do it. And Saul had the chance to say, yes, I sinned, I didn't do wrong, but he does it in part. But then what does he add? I was afraid of the people. He puts the blame on the people instead of fessing up for himself in the tough situation. But he also says this. He says, be steadfast to observe the Lord's commandments and judgments as it is this day. We must be a people that are steadfast about doing God's will. Amen? In order for us to be successful, to be able to walk the walk... We have to be steadfast in it, right? We actually looked at that this morning when Paul says, you've been doing a great job with this brotherly love concept, but do it more and do it more. 
continue to get better and better. The idea of this steadfastness is to continue to do it. You want to do it and it will never stop. David's telling Solomon to do this because tough times will come and tough situations will happen. But then in verse 8 he turns to the people of Israel. He says, Now therefore in the sight of all Israel, the assembly of the Lord and in the hearing of our God, be careful to seek out all the commandments of the Lord your God. So not only be steadfast, but seek them out. Want to know what they are. Want to know what he's talking about and what he asks us to do. And then by us understanding what he wants us to do because of this seeking, we'll understand that it's the only way to be successful. And there's a great uh, add-on to that in just a minute uh, down, and we'll look at it in just a second. But uh, we can leave a legacy just like David. The Israelites, they've been charged with the same thing. Look at what he says. That you may possess this good land and leave it as an inheritance for your children after you forever. By doing the right thing, by doing the things that you're supposed to do, you will leave your family in the position to be successful. David did it. Every king after him is going to be held to the standard of David because David was a man after God's own heart. And we can be the same way. So think about David as he gives these three priorities really and there's a little bit more into it. But look at verse 9. He says, As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father. Know who the God of your father is. Yahweh, Jehovah, the one from way back, bringing your people out of the Red Sea on dry land. The one who fed manna from above. The one who exalted himself above anybody else who did things that none of these other gods, these man-made gods can do. Remember and know the God of your father. And then he says, serve him with a loyal heart. He says, serve him with a loyal heart. And then he adds on, with a willing mind. <laughs> That's the hard part sometimes, ain't it? We may understand what God wants us to do. We may have every intention of doing it, but we're just not willing to do it. I love what he says. He says uh, at the end of verse 10, he says, be strong and do it. Don't just think about it, do it. What a powerful application for him. What is he about to do? Solomon is, is about to build the temple. The one thing that David was probably excited to do. He's about to build this temple and the ark's going to go in it. And God tells him, no, you're not going to be able to do it. You've shed too much blood. But your son's going to get to do it. And then he says... If you seek him, and I want us to focus in and just think about this application. If you seek him in verse 9, he will be found by you. If you seek the Lord, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, 
He will cast you off forever. Either or, right? Hot or cold, right? Not lukewarm, not in the middle, not kind of. Not, I'm going to be successful uh, by doing God's will sometimes and then I'm just not going to do it for sometimes and maybe I will, maybe I won't, kind of dependent on the situation. Oh no, if you seek Him, He will be found by you. If you seek the Lord and you want to do His will, guess what? You'll find how to be successful in life and the Lord will be with you. But if you don't, He'll forsake you. Why will he forsake you? Because he doesn't love you? No, because what you've done is chosen not to follow him. And here's the reality. At the very, very end, if you die, guess what happens? You'll be cast off forever. So so David has given him this charge. He's given him these priorities to keep in the front of his mind to help him to be successful and help him to have a legacy that's remembered. David, as he's leaving, is encouraging his sons, the next anointed king now, to be successful. This has to be a part of who you are all the time. Look at verse 20. And we've heard this before in the Old Testament. Come from Joshua. And David said to his son, Solomon, be strong and of good courage. And do it. Do not fear nor be dismayed. For the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. He'll be there with you. Don't be discouraged. Be strong and be courageous. And do it. What a great thought. What a great understanding to know that God is with us. Amen? The Lord is with us wherever we go. When we go through life, when we go through these situations, when we go through the toughest times, yeah, it's very repetitive, but boy, it's so simple in the application. If this is what we do and this is what we're a part of, I need to hear it a lot. I'm just going to be honest with you. I need to hear that a lot. Because if I don't hear this a lot, guess what happens to me? I start making my own decisions. And I start thinking that I got the best plan. And I got the best way to do it. And guess what? My plan ain't worth nothing, y'all. Been there, done it. And tried it again. And still will try it again if I don't be reminded of these things. That's why he says, and one of the most important things to remember is he says, Know the God of your Father. Know Him. Know He loves you. Know He cares for you. Know that you can't do nothing for Him, but He wants to give you everything for you to be successful in your life every single day. Now turn the page with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. 1 Chronicles chapter 29. And I want us to look at verse 16 through 20. David blesses the Lord before all the assembly. And we're going to come back and look at that in just a second. But I want you to see what David says right here in in verse 16 through 20. 
He says, O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own. I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now with joy I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the intent of the thoughts of the heart of your people and fix their heart toward you. And give my son Solomon a loyal heart to keep your commandments and your testimonies and your statues to do all these things and to build the temple for which I have made provision. Then David said to all the assembly, Now bless the Lord your God. So all the assembly blessed the Lord, God of their fathers, and bowed their heads and prostrated themselves before the Lord and the King. Think about this. Think about this prayer. This had to be a mixed emotion time for David. This had to be a time of mixed emotions. He's about to not be king anymore. His son's about to take over, but who better to take over than your son, right? But while it might be sad, the Bible tells us the Lord is exalted exceedingly in the sight of all Israel. Look at verse 25. So the Lord Solomon, ex, uh, the Lord exalted Solomon exceedingly in the sight of all Israel and bestowed on him such royal majesty has not been on any king before him in Israel. He was exalted above everybody else. The people looked to this guy more than they looked to David. The people begin to turn towards the new king. The baton is being passed. And David, as he's giving praise to God, is about to anoint Solomon as the king. And think about these powerful thoughts real quick. Verse 17. Look at what he says. I know also, my God, that you test the heart. Our hearts are going to be tested, brethren. To see what we're about. To see if we're serious. Is, is God going to tempt us? Absolutely not. But is He going to test us to see if we are ready for the challenge? Absolutely. He wants us to be strong. We talked about it in class today and it's such a powerful uh, chapter. James chapter 1 talks about consider it all joy when you face those various trials because it produces patience. You get a product out of it. And in turn, it helps you in those situations. It helps you in the tough times. But we know that you test the heart. But look at the next thing he says. And have pleasure in uprightness. We can bring God pleasure. Think about that word. Joy, excited, feel good, right? Pleasure. You want to know what brings pleasure to God? When we are upright. Man, 
We can all have the ability to do that. And it's pleasing to God. Here's David pouring his heart out in this prayer. What an awesome prayer, right? And has pleasure in uprightness. And then look at what he says in verse 18 and 19. After he says, uh, I've willingly offered these things and now with joy I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. He says, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers keep this forever in the intent of the thoughts of the heart of your people. He's praying for the people. He's praying that they will fix their heart toward you. You want to know how we're successful as a congregation? You want to know how we're successful as the church of Christ? When we fix our hearts toward the Lord. No other way. When that happens, things start going on. Things start changing. Because now my heart is only... I love Aaron. I love Isaac. And I love Libby. But if my heart is only focused on them... I'm not doing right, brethren. If my heart is fixed on the Lord, if my heart is totally fixed on doing God's will, I will love them so much. But it has to be Him first, right? You want to know how you leave a legacy? That's how you do it. Fixing your heart toward the Lord. And look at verse 20 and 21. Then David said to all the assembly, Now bless the Lord your God. So all the assembly. Could you imagine how many people are out there? Could you imagine the crowd that's out there at this time? And it says, All the assembly blessed the Lord, the God of their fathers, and bowed their heads and prostrated themselves before the Lord and the King. It was a big deal. It was a defining moment. For them. Bless the Lord. We can bless the Lord by our actions. Amen? So David, he's about to be out of the spotlight of the Bible. And he gives us some things to consider as we think of David and his life. We think about the legacy that he's left us. Every king, again, I'll repeat this, will be remembered in comparison to David the king. But I want us to flip to some scriptures, and I'm I'm almost done, but I want us to just journey on this for just a minute. The first thing that I'd like for us to consider when thinking about David and his legacy, and a legacy that we could lead to and leave for others, is never linger in sin. You want to know how you can have a strong legacy? Something that people talk about? Something that people think about? Don't linger in sin. Look at 1 John chapter 5. I mean 1 John chapter 1, sorry, verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from Him and declare to you. That God is light... And in Him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie. 
and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Boy, that's a comforting verse, ain't it? That's a comforting verse to understand. To have your sins cleansed. He says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and the Word is not in us. Brethren, we can't be a part of sin and be effective as a Christian. We can't leave a, a, a legacy that people uh, remember uh, in a good way if we're d constantly dwelling in sin. When David realized that he messed up, guess what? He repented and he turned from it. That's the same way we have to be. That's the first thing that we can learn from David. The second thing is this. Never stop praising Him. Think about that. Turn back with me to First Chronicles. I want you to just listen to what he says, what David says in this prayer. First Chronicles 29 verse 10, Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. And you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you. And you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand is to make great and to give strength to all. Now therefore, O oh God, we thank you and praise you. Praise your glorious name. But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly at this? For all things come from you and of, you, and of your own we have given you. For we are aliens and pilgrims before you as were all our fathers. Our days on earth are as a shadow and without hope. Without hope. If we don't have the Lord, we have no hope. Amen? If we don't have Jesus in our life, we are waiting for something that God never intended for any of us to be a part of. But through the blood of Jesus, being in Christ Jesus, guess what? We have a blessing that is indescribable. And therefore, as we go through struggles, as we go through the hard times, where is our mind fixed? Is it fixed on praising Him and giving Him the glory? And I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't said a praise like that in a while to the Lord. I thank Him for things. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for that, right? But I haven't just stopped and praised Him for what He's done for me. How about you? I'm going to try and do it this week. I guarantee you this. I'm going to spend some time, and I'm just going to read this scripture right here. And I'm going to say, thank you, Lord, for that. 
He says, in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. He cares about us. He has an invested interest in us. He wants us to be with Him forever and ever. He doesn't need us to do anything for Him. He wants a relationship with us. He cares that much about us. That's why He makes the plan to always stay focused on Him. The third thing, similar to this but a little different, rejoice no matter the circumstance. Here was David, he was told, no, you can't build the temple. How many times did David pray in the cave, Lord, where you at? I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. The Lord didn't come right then. But he continued to rejoice. He continued to have the mind frame that you know what? No matter what the circumstance is, no means no. And when it's yes, I'm going to rejoice in that. I'm going to rejoice in the times and for all the times that I remember that the Lord did say yes to me. And I understand that when he says no, it's not because he's trying to be mean to me, right? Romans 8, 28, that's a very familiar verse. Very familiar. But I want to read it just so we can remember what it says. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. And right along with those lines, and I'm not going to get emotional, but I might, so just forgive me. Just let me walk with this for just a second. Isaac's brother is out of jail. The last time that I preached about this verse was a time for me to be able to go down there and talk to him, right? Just saw the other day on Facebook that he's wanted for a bunch of mess. If I'm not careful, I can find myself down and out. Amen? Because that makes me really sad. Because what I had hoped for was those times that I went down there and visited him, that when he got out, guess what he was going to do? He was going to try to get in contact with me. And then guess what I was going to be able to do? I was going to be able to have a Bible study with him, and guess what he was going to do? He was going to obey the truth, and he was going to be sitting right over there. But that's not happening. He's not there. He's about to be in jail again. But I know this, that all things, work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Amen? i got to hang on to that. If I don't hang on to that, guess what happens? I don't rejoice anymore. Guess what happens? I start lingering in sin again. Guess what happens? Those praises, they out the door. Because now I'm fixing myself back on my own stuff. Yeah, I got stuff. It breaks my heart. 
But maybe it's not time yet. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to continue to go down there. And I'm going to go down there and I'm going to see him. And I'm going to love on him. And I'm going to support him. And I'm going to do those things that I'm supposed to do as a Christian. And I'm going to show him light. Because I know that all things will work together for the good. It may not happen right when I want it. Boy, I want him to be right there in that pew, y'all. So I can say, see how God does it? Many more of us have struggles too that we're dealing with. And it's hard, no doubt. But God is with us. He won't forsake us. And if we draw close to Him, He draws close to us. I love what He says. He says, seek, I want to read this one more time. I wish I had it memorized, but my brain ain't that good, yo. He says, if you seek him, he will be found by you. That's powerful. And the last thing. Boy, I love David. Boy, he brings the reality of real life to you, don't he? You see the real struggle of a man and the real success that a man can have. Not Jesus. Boy, I want to be like Jesus, but I just can't measure up. But guess what? He can cleanse me. He forgives me because I'm in Him. The blessing that Jesus did that no other person could do is He made me be able to be perfect all the time. When I ask for forgiveness, I'm forgiven. When I'm asked. When I sin and I mess up and I ask for forgiveness, I'm forgiven. Paul understood it. Peter understood it. These brethren in the New Testament, they understood it. And many of you understand it too, but just keep pushing on, y'all. The last thing. Strive to finish well. David had all kinds of situations. A lot of them he brought upon himself. But this is such an encouraging verse for me. It's such an encouraging verse to to end on because it reminds me of David's life. Paul, at the end of his, about at the end of his life, he's, he's talking to Timothy and he says, For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. I fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. What confidence this man speaks with. Have confidence in your faith, brethren, to know that what he says is true. He says... There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And then he says, and not to me only, 
but also to all who have loved His appearing. Strive to finish well. You want to leave a legacy that's to be remembered? Don't linger in sin. Don't stop praising Him. You know, I love it when I talk to somebody and they're going through a tough time and then they say, God's good though, ain't He? God's with me, ain't He? Have you ever heard that? I'm not saying it probably as good as some people could say it, but you know what I'm talking about? Somebody that can say it real good and, and, and it's just like an encouraging boost for you when you know they're going through that tough time and they're like, God's good though. God's good all the time, right? That's what I hear a lot at school. Some of them people, two or three of them, are going through some very tough struggles at, at school. Preachers blind, can't even see, can't even talk, and here he is having to memorize scripture from his wife, and they're having to study and do these things. And the one thing he told me was, God's good, man. I'm, I'm like, Wow. If I had to do that, I don't know if I'd be able to, but his faith is where it needs to be at. That's encouraging. If I could say one thing, leave a legacy that's to be remembered for your family, for others around you. What a great time. Uh, I know it's sad, but uh, when you would go to uh, somebody's funeral and they just remember that you were just a powerful Christian, amen? That you were somebody who strived to do God's will. What an encouraging thing to know that that person is where they're supposed to be, right? Maybe you're here today and you're not a child of God, though. Maybe you're here and you're not a Christian. If you're not a Christian, you're missing out on the opportunity to have your sins forgiven completely. To be wiped clean. To be reconciled to the God of everything. And here's how you do it. You believe who Jesus is. You believe that He came, that He died, that He was buried, and that He rose again on the third day. You do that by repenting of your sins, knowing that the way that you're living is contrary to God's Word and is contrary to His will. And saying, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to turn from those things that I'm doing and I'm going to be different. You do it by confessing His name. By saying, you know what, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I believe that. And then being baptized in water. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Peter says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, the forgiveness of your sins. Magical water? Absolutely not. It's obedience. 1 Peter 3.21 says baptism now saves us. It's not a bath. It's not magical water. It's an appeal to God with a good conscience saying, God, I need you. And I'm close. And then Revelations 2.10, being faithful unto death, living that journey until, like Paul said, waiting for that crown to be given to you at the end of your life. What a blessing that is, man. I'm like Maranatha. I want that crown, amen? But if you need to become a Christian, if you need to repent, if you need prayers, if you need encouragement, whatever you need, come right now together we stand and sing.